Welcome to Bought at a Price. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. Our mission is to take you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body, your lifestyle, and your role in His kingdom. And here, we're committed to bringing you solid biblical wisdom combined with practical, science-backed lifestyle tips to help you care for yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Again, thank you for listening. So we're finishing up this series of posts on failure. And I've been telling you that we were going to go to Psalms, but boy, I've struggled with this. But we did, I did at least, land on Psalms 1, the path of hope. I love Psalms because whether it's disappointments, failure, or any other kind of emotions, <laughs> the Psalms is a book of prayers and hymns that just have a way of expressing our emotions in such relatable and encouraging ways. Do you agree? Yet this first book, Psalms 1, it doesn't start the way the others. It's actually a set of instructions, instructions for something that we've all prayed for at one time or another, success. And the Bible says a lot about success and its counterpart, failure. And the lessons in Psalms 1, they are foundational to what the Bible says about success and failure. Psalm 1 instructions reveal the difference between success and failure Focus us on what's important and point us unswervingly to the God of all hope. And it does this by showing us two ways to live, God's way or the world's. I have been wrestling with this episode for weeks now, struggling with what I wanted to say and begging God to lead me. Day after day, I would open my Bible turn to Psalms and read, yet I knew it wasn't what God wanted me to say. Then I was talking with one of my dear friends on Sunday, and she mentioned Psalms 1. And what did I do? I opened my Bible, ready to find that, oh, that was certainly going to be what God wanted me to. He was going to tell me, you know, what he wanted me to say. Still, nothing. You ever been there? You keep asking God. You feel like you know exactly what he wants you to do, but yet you keep drawing a blank. Well, that's been me the last couple of weeks. But then I was on a walk, pouring my heart out to God and sharing my fear of failing you, my fear that my words would somehow fall short and not be what you need. And it was when I placed my fear of failing at God's feet that he began to stir my heart and give me the words to share. So today I'm opening my heart and sharing how Psalms 1 has helped me with failure and success. You see, on the outside, I am a pretty independent woman who seems to have it all together. And believe it or not, the inside is much the same. God blessed me with a strong will and a strong sense of commitment. 
But that often misguided strength has led to a lot of failures. Truthfully, if I look at my life only through the lens of failure, my life has been riddled with failure. The marriage I thought would would last forever failed. My body that I thought could do anything failed. And in between those two doozies, there's a million other things I've failed at. I've failed to love my mom as I should, failed to love God the way he asks me, failed to treat a friend who I treasure as I'd want to be treated, failed to put others before my own selfish wants, failure upon failure, and those are just a few. My successes crushed under the weight of failure. And as I was writing this list of failures as writing them out, thinking about what I would say to you today, I noticed that my attitude was getting really sour. My confidence was fading and all I knew to be true suddenly seemed to be lost. You see, when we allow failure to lead the way, when we focus on failure instead of God and his perfect will, things can go south fast. I've never thought of myself as a failure, but when I look at the choices I've made, I am a failure. And this realization caused me to weep for all women who struggle for you. For you, if you're one of those women who struggles with failure, who feel like a failure at everything. Failure, it can crush us. It can take our thoughts and all that's true about us captive. But I'm so thankful for the strong will and determination that God gifted me with and how they've allowed me to learn from my failures and not be overtaken by them. And my prayer is that this window into my life helps you learn something very important before we get into Psalms 1. I pray that you learn thought processes, they matter. Our thoughts can either build us up or tear us down. They can push us successfully forward or leave us wallowing in failure. Thoughts matter to the nth degree, friend. And the lesson in Psalms 1, it's the same. As women of God, we have to recognize how destitute the world's wisdom is. We have to orient all aspects of our lives around God's word because this is the life that leads to true happiness, blessings, success, and the best thing, it leads to unending fellowship with God. But I get it. It's easy to think the world's way is the way to go especially especially if you want to be accepted, successful, and prosperous. God's given us his stark contrast in Psalms 1 because he wants us to remember our perspective should be eternal and not temporal and fleeting. Psalm 1 helps us put life into perspective. We can follow the world's way or we can fervently depend on God. The world and its myriad of clamoring voices all offer, quote, ways to succeed. But do they really work? The main idea in Psalms 1, it's a resounding no. 
Scripture says that as Christians, we're the temples of God, the Holy Spirit's dwelling place, and as such, we have the privilege of reflecting God to the world around us. But how's this possible when life feels like it's littered with failures? The answer? That's found in Psalms 1, and I want to show you how it's impacted my life. I pray my struggles with failures and the lessons I've learned help you apply Psalms 1 to your life as well. So Psalms 1-1 shows us the wrong way. It reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. In this passage, blessed comes from the Hebrew words esher and asher. And when you look at those words, meanings, blessed means happiness and contentment that comes from being right with God. Psalms 1-1 then lists three things a blessed person should avoid, three things that say a lot about success and failure. And when I look at my list of failures, I quickly recognize the reason I failed at many of them. I failed because I seldom stopped to consider if the information I was using to guide my decisions was godly or ungodly. I just got advice, nodded my head in agreement, and put it into action, especially if it appeared to solve my problems. And... I was really purposeful about who I went to for advice, often choosing to get advice from those who'd most likely agree with me. What a recipe for failure that one is. But the person Psalm 1 refers to is discerning enough to recognize ungodly counsel, even if it's her own. On the other hand, it took me a while before I began obeying God's voice instead of silencing it. I was really good at obeying my own ungodly and unwise advice. Right here in Psalms 1, God gives us the recipe for true success, and it's found when we stop getting advice from people who are not following God's law. One commentary says, Blessed, the blessed happy person, quote, keeps at a distance from them as he would from persons or places infected with the plague for fear of the contagion. And with the coronavirus currently dictating our social interactions, this explanation paints such a very clear picture. If I know I would get the coronavirus from someone, I wouldn't walk, stand, or sit anywhere near them. But (laughs) think about sin and the people we go to for advice. If blessed, happy, and successful is what we're after, We have to flee from sinful worldly influences like we'd run from the coronavirus. That main lesson in Psalm 1-1 has taught me that true lasting success comes when I flee from sin and run to God. So think about what are the three things that Psalm 1-1 says a blessed person does? What do you think that those things mean? And how could doing these things keep you from failing, make you more successful, or make you happier? And as always, friend, all of the questions for today's Bible study are in the link in the show notes. You can find all of the questions I ask you always on the website.
So Psalms 1-2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This is the way to succeed. But, but can be such a powerful word. I love how Psalms 1 starts with it. But his delight. Especially it's powerful when it's used to convey God's will for his children. And I love how God contrasts what we just saw in Psalms 1-1, where we're standing and seated and walking, versus where we're delighting. This but connects those things in Psalms 1-1, the things we should avoid. It connects them to the things that lead to our success. But me, I spent much of my early Christian life reading God's word, but not meditating on it. And because of that, I continued struggling with failure. Not because I wasn't learning. God's word changes us even if we're not meditating on it. But because I wasn't fully grasping and understanding what God asked of me. You see, when we meditate on God's word, instead of just read it, You know, reading is kind of like just sprinkling it on our mind and then whoop, going about our day. But when we meditate on it, we're chewing on it. We're chewing on it all day long, thinking about it. It's like marinating it. When you put something in a bag with a marinade and you let it sit in the refrigerator all day long, and then you come home from a long day, pop it in the oven, And it's so flavorful because all of that stuff, all those seasonings, all of it has reached in and infused whatever you were marinating with flavor. And that's what God wants his word to do to us, to infuse us so that everything about us just emanates and radiates who and what God is, we become flavored by God's word. And it then impacts everything we do. But you see, I wasn't doing that. I was just sprinkling God's word and going on about. So my flavor, it took a long time for me to start really getting flavorful and being changed by God's word. But God, he still used my failures to teach me the value of delighting in and meditating on his word. He took my failures and taught me the true source of happiness, the thing I would get most excited about, God's word. But you notice there's a progression in there. You start with delighting, and then you meditate. So as you read God's word, are you delighting? Is God's word giving you such pleasure that you squeal with delight thinking about it? Because it's that delight that leads you to meditate and chew on scripture all day long. Then that meditation allows God's word to change our will as it penetrates our mind and heart. But if you're not delighting, you're not going to want to meditate. So if you learn only one thing from Psalms 1, I pray you learn this. 
I pray you learn that meditating on God's word is like taking long drinks of life-giving water, water that transforms you and allows your roots to grow unshakably deep. And as you're about to see deep roots, they're important to a successful, blessed life. That's what the rest of this passage shows us. So I want you to think about and compare Psalms 1 and 2 and what they say about success and failure. Which of them are you doing? Go back to the website and look at the verses and really think about that. Ask the Holy Spirit to shine His light into all areas of your life. And be bold and ask Him to show you everything. The good, the bad, and the really darn ugly. What are some ways that you could put Psalms 1-2 into action? And what expectations do you have of the blessed life that Psalms 1 promises? Psalms 1-3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. This verse is where those roots I just mentioned come into play, and it wasn't until I understood the value of letting God's Word direct my steps that I became a tree planted by streams of water. I no longer look at the failures in my life as failures. I look at them as stepping stones that paved the way to the beautiful stream that God's planted me by. My failures, though, have also taught me another important lesson found in Psalms 1-3. And that lesson is that true prosperity, true success is found when I'm planted by the source of life-giving water, Jesus Christ. Here, I always have what I need, and my roots have been able to grow deep, strengthening and securing me. Even when storms come, and boy, oh boy, does my body give me a lot of storms, I'm unmovable and can look beyond the pain. What's beautiful is that this leads to bearing fruit in its season, even those stormy and failure-ridden seasons. Abiding in Jesus means I can depend on Him to calm the storm, and depending on the Holy Spirit means I can produce fruit even on those horrible, awful, really bad days. Everything about us can flourish and show signs of a vibrant, healthy life, all because of where we're planted and what we're drinking. This doesn't mean that hard things won't happen to God's children, though. They certainly do. What it means is that something good and prosperous can come from even the toughest of things. We all should want deep roots because when we're planted, we prosper. Our delight in God's word, really thinking on and applying it to our lives, this is what leads to success. So how does Psalm 1-3 indicate you'll prosper? How would this look in your day-to-day life? What difference is there in God's definition of success versus the world's? And why would knowing that matter? Let's look at Psalms 1-4, the useless way. It reads, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Oftentimes, I know it seems like the ungodly have it all together. They're always successful and never fail. But it is not true. 
and boy, oh boy, did it take me a while to figure this one out. I was always picking, quote, successful people's brains, trying to learn their secret to success. I'd read their books, try and put their self-help steps in place, and still, I failed. Thankfully, God opened my eyes to His definition of success. And when I realized worldly success and prosperity was fleeting and blown away by the wind, the brains I picked and my choice of self-help books changed. I love how the great theologian Charles Spurgeon describes chaff. He said it's intrinsically worthless, dead, unsurfaceable, without substance, and easily carried away. And boy, is he right. And I don't know about you, but I sure don't want any aspect of my life carried that characterized that way. I don't want to be blown here and there by whatever the world says is good, because that's failure to the nth degree. Instead, I want to be as stable as an old southern oak tree. What about you? When we allow the truth of God's word to direct all aspects of our lives, we're guaranteed to succeed according to God's standard for success. We can also find comfort knowing that the God of all grace will use our mistakes and promises to hold us secure. A child of God can't be blown away. What have you failed at because of worldly guidance? And when you think of the ungodly being driven away by the wind, how does it motivate you to obey the message in Psalms 1, 1 through 3? Psalms 1, 5 says, Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. When I think about my life before Christ, it is so humbling. Humbling to realize all that God redeemed me from so that I can stand before Him as part of His righteous congregation. And as I was thinking about these words, and even now as I think about them again, a smile spreads across my face, and it fills my heart with such gratitude, such undeserved gratitude. One day, I'll share my whole testimony with you, because God truly reached down into the pit of hell, pulled me out, and claimed me as his own. And if you're not a Christian, know that nothing you've done can keep you from God. And if you are a Christian, the same holds true. No matter how much you failed by worldly standards, God sees you as an unblemished, successful woman. But this verse also shows the bleakness of our world. Even people who think they live the most prosperous, successful life will stand before Jesus and come face to face with their gravest failure. Their failure to recognize their need for God will leave them forever banished, thinking of the one thing they failed at, their failure to believe in Jesus Christ. Friend, you and I have hope. We're promised a blessed life both now and for all eternity. Our sin-ridden failures have been forgiven. And no matter what you failed at, no matter what is making you feel like a failure, if you call Jesus Savior and Lord, you're part of the righteous congregation. 
I know, I know, I know. You know this and hearing it again doesn't solve your failure struggles. But I would say it does. But first, take some time and think about success from an eternal perspective. Does it change your current view of success and failure? Why or why not? And Psalms 1-6, the last verse in this amazing chapter. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. (laughs) Back to where I left you, the solution to your failure struggles. When I had to quit my job because my physical body stopped doing all I expected of it, I felt like a complete failure. I'd tried for years to keep myself healthy to prevent side effects from developing due to my autoimmune diseases and to keep my twisted spine straight. But God had different plans. He had a different path for my life, and over the last nine or ten years, he's been slowly showing me the way he wants me to go. He hasn't healed my body, and so far, it keeps getting worse. But he has healed my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, and my will. God used my failed body to draw me to Him in ways I'd never imagined possible. And by the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I'm able to put a smile on my face and serve God despite the pain. I didn't fail my body. Instead, my broken body reminds me to cling to God because without Him, I can do nothing. And friend, I don't know your struggle right now, But I know what it is to hurt, to suffer, to experience loss, to make mistake after mistake, to feel like nothing you've done is right. I get failure, but I also get God's sovereign plan for our lives. And the last lesson on success and failure from Psalms 1 is this. God has written your life story. He knows what's best for you and wants you planted securely by the water, delightfully meditating on His Word. Because from this place, you'll learn to see life as God does and you'll recognize how God defines success. How does it make you feel to realize God knows the path of your life? Do you trust Him enough to rely on His Word to direct your steps, to do everything? Isn't Psalms 1 beautiful? There's so much we can learn from these six verses. So much that I want to challenge you to memorize Psalms 1 and to start meditating on each verse over the coming week. But I also want to leave you with one last lesson from Psalms 1. And that lesson is this. The righteous woman, she is not afraid to take a less traveled road. No matter what's happening around us, we can have confidence that God will show us the path to take. Woman of God, hold your head high. Spend your day meditating on God's Word and allow it to change you from the inside out. Be proud to follow Christ, even if it causes others to criticize you. And remember, 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 you are not a failure. You're a child of God, a co-heir with Christ. 
would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you see your failures as God does? Would you ask him to show you how God's using all things for his glory and your good? Because when your perspective changes, you'll find yourself walking down a success-ridden path. Until next time, friend, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God bless.